love meeting a new customer. Come on in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Bob's Tavern Cast, live from Bob's Tavern. I am your bartender, Jay. And I am your bartender, Don. And no drinks yet again. We've got a lot to talk about. Don, this was supposed to be a light week. What what happened? Like, we were supposed to be able to relax. I, I mean, even Bob told us it was okay to go on vacation. We had an interview lined up and everything, and then Blizzard was like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You made plans? Interruptions. Yeah. They, they like to do that. Well, we've got news, stuff that has been announced. We're going to run through it quickly. Again, we were caught a little off guard. This was not supposed to... We are supposed to have an interview this week, so I guess that's getting moved back a week. But let's dive into this. Starting with 17.4.1 patch notes, this is going to be real quick. Uh, Battlegrounds updates, heroes, Lord Jaraxxus, his hero power has been reduced down to one. That makes sense because demons need help because I feel like demons are demons, dragons, and beasts, which are now good, which I would have loved to have talked about given another week. But um, yeah, demons are kind of the weaker, the weakest of the tribes now, so they needed a buff. Yep, and I think just the tribes that can rotate out right now because they have pirates staying in constantly, so uh, I think we see that kind of reflected in two of the three changes here, honestly, helping them out. Absolutely. Reno Jackson, his hero power has also been reduced from three gold to two gold. Um, Honestly, this does nothing for me. His hero power is a one-time use. If you had the ability to maybe do it twice per game or something like that, then it would be more powerful, reducing the cost one. I mean, what are you going to do? Use it early in the game? No one's doing that. People are using it at the end when they get another game changer. And also, Reno's stats have been terrible. Yeah, um, I think I've seen a lot more people playing Reno just like to try it out, but... Uh, it doesn't feel like it's making a huge impact yet. I don't think that this this buff. And another, I don't know if this is a buff or a nerf or what it is. I guess it's a, a rebalancing. Uh, Maleficent Mana Storm. Her hero power has gone from giving mechs plus two attack giving mechs plus one, plus one. I don't even remember if... Wasn't it this to begin with? Yeah. They moved it another... <laughs> so it's it's literally just tweaking knobs, trying to make it so that pirates aren't absolute go-to, and then start the absolute... Can't get pirates. Yeah. Um, Maev Shadow Song. Dormant minions no longer reduce the number of minions you see when refreshing Bob's Tavern. Unless you're at tier 6 and have two dormant minions in play, then it'll reduce by one. So one of the things that we had talked about when uh, Christine joined us for that review was the fact that when you play Maev, you're 
Whenever you make a minion dormant, you're therefore taking away from your board space. Looks like they've addressed that, and now when you refresh the board, um, it will have a normal amount of minions available to you. Um, interesting. Ultimately, I don't necessarily know that's going to fix anything. I personally really like this change. I think this is one of the best changes in this patch. I I agree that it's one of the well, actually no. Um there's okay. other stuff they got that, changed that I'm like true. it makes sense. Out of the heroes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, we'll put it that way. Out of the heroes, I do like this change the best. I think it it can make an impact. I think it's just going to it means that you can feel a little bit better about using the hero power and not hesitant to use the hero power and feel bad about losing out on on potential minions. Well, I I think the problem that you run into Maev's hero power is cost one. I I think the fact that you're spending currency for this to happen is still kind of a headache. I could almost even see his hero power being free. Dormant two turns, you're waiting again. That's meaning that you're probably going to be behind. And again, if they want people to use the hero power, you make it free once per turn. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens with that one. And we'll also have to see what happens with uh, the newest of heroes. This wasn't in the patch, but it is available to those who have the tavern pass. Arana Starseeker, passive hero power. After you refresh seven times, Bob always has seven minions. And yeah, you basically every time you refresh, it starts dropping down. You have to do it seven times. And then when you get to zero, a bunch of minions show up. Uh, don't really have much to say about this on the, the regular show. We'll probably talk about it a little bit for our patrons over at patreon.bobstavern.pub. Uh, but I mean, yeah, early, early thoughts on this is it's not really that great. Unless I'm missing something. Hmm. Okay. I kind of like her. Um, I think there's multiple strategies you can use with her, which is probably why I like her. Um, I've seen some people like re-rolling a lot in the early turns, just taking a little bit of damage and then going crazy with, <laughs> with the, a lot of like tier one and tier two minions and going from there. Um, I've seen people use it throughout the game and go for value over the long run, but we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And at the present time, Arana Starseeker has the second worst um, win rate, only last to Galakrond, which I didn't realize Galakrond was that bad, but that's just from... That's from HS Replay, but like I said, it's still early for it. We'll have to learn more about her over time. Let's turn quickly to the minions. Scavenging Hyena, that card, oh boy. It has moved from Tier 2 to Tier 1. Uh, I, think, I think in a meta where you have a lot of Murlocs, you have a lot of Pirates and things like that, that are, people are staying around Tier 1 longer, I think that this can be a good card. Ultimately, we've all said that Scavenging Hyena is bait for a long time and like, don't don't fall down that trap. But uh, I think at tier one, it's fine. It kind of solidifies the you use this for an extended period of time and then you get rid of it. Not necessarily 
you try to make your comp around this card. Yep, I completely agree. The card that was a huge problem and is actually a big talking point, which, oh boy, that's going to... That's going to make our interview very interesting because it's talking about the old strategy, not necessarily how it will affect the new strategy. Rabid Sorrowlisk uh, was a tier one beast, three attack, one health. It is now being moved to tier two beast, three attack, two health. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like. Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of death rattles at tier two. There's a lot of death rattles at tier three. I think that this is a good nerf, but at the same time, I think it isn't going to do all that much um, unless people continue to stay at tier one for an extended. Yeah, I, I think this will, since it's two now, I think it'll prevent people from staying at one, but now they'll just stay at two. So I'm not really sure. I don't know. Well, I, I want to see this played out over the course of uh, a decent amount of games. Actually see. Yeah, I, I think that at the present time, this is to make the card feel better, <laughs> not necessarily to make it like weaker. It's going to be just as strong. It's just going to feel like it's where it should be in the meta. Um, speaking of where it should be in the meta, the last beast it, to cover is Monstrous Macaw. This thing has gone rampant in the battlegrounds, um, and it has now been moved from Tier 2 to Tier 3. I think we called this one. I think we said, yeah, they're probably going to move that to Tier 3, maybe even Tier 4. Um, I'd like to see how it fits in Tier 3. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I've only played a few games with it at that tier. Uh, and honestly, I didn't even realize that it had been moved. So I think that in itself speaks volumes. What do you think? Yeah, so personally, I think this is still going to be strong. Like this card itself, we're still going to see this a lot. I think we're still going to see a lot of death rattle comps and different things going on. But uh, looking at these three like changes altogether. First of all, all three of them are beasts and they kind of do play in the death rattle thing, you know, with the sour lisks. Um, I, I'm not sure monsters macaw. I still think it might even be fine at four itself, but I think all of this, we were starting to see a fairly, um, it feels like it was a fast meta, but I think the thing is, is that people were just staying on, like as a tier one, especially. And I, I think we're going to just see that change. I think people are going to go back to leveling a little bit more instead of staying on tiers for extended periods of time. I agree. I think that that is. Uh, I, I mean, even even in most of the games that I've been playing, I can usually tell by like turn three or four whether or not I could use well prior to this patch I could tell by like turn one or two if I was going to play Sarlisk by, by turn two if I hadn't gotten Sarlisk yet I'm just not going to do it. um by turn like three or four if I haven't seen a macaw then I wasn't going to do it and then my goal at that point was to rush to six as fast as I possibly could so for me, 
I think what this does is it now stretches the game. Like I said, I remember when the game first came out, there was a lot of talk about like, do you level up on the second turn? Do, you know, what what were the standard strategies of play? And the one thing that this previous meta did was it shook that those standards really well. But ultimately, I think now this is going to give us time to kind of go back to establishing a meta, establishing a pattern of play. All right, so we have covered all the patches. There were a couple of bug fixes as well. I, I mean, they fixed an issue where Sneeds was not summoning newly added legendary minions. Honestly, I'd, I would have never caught to that because every time I play Sneeds, I always get like <laughs> Zerus. <laughs> and I, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shifter Zerus. So like, I don't know. I think that those little things are kind of they're great. I'm glad that they fixed them, but uh, I don't think people will miss as much. Um, but. We got to talk about the brawl that is happening in the Battlegrounds. Uh, the Battlegrounds Brawl event for the climactic conclusion of the Fellfire Festival of Music and Vengeance, which has, was an amazing ad. Um, I really did like how they did that. Um, we're excited to announce the return of the Battlegrounds Brawl. Now, if you remember uh, way back to one of our earliest episodes, uh, Hearthstone did a, was it, was it a, it was a four-team brawl event, sixteen competitors, or each representing one of the individual teams. They got together and they played battlegrounds in a private land setting, and effectively, I don't even remember the outcome of it. But I what I do remember was that uh, Kibler destroyed everybody. And that was that was kind of a big thing. Dog destroyed everybody. And it looks like they had such a good response the first time. They're doing it again with this Fellfire Festival. Uh, let's talk about the positives. There is a very obvious negative that is brought into this. But the competitors will be playing for $200,000 as a team. Um, so that's $1,000 a piece, I'm guessing. Or actually, no, that's only... That's the prize pool, so that's not even if you win. Like, they're all sharing that much. There are four teams, the South Sea Swashbucklers, with Firebat, Amaz, Solary, and Tom, 60229. Blood Cell Buccaneers with Crip, Trump, um, oh. I, Cho, and Dione. And then the North Sea Navigators with Brian Kibler, Educated Collins, RDU, and Jinbei. And the Fog Cell Freebooters with Dog, Hafu, Tice, and Danudashi. So, very interesting. The way that it works, they play, I forgot how many rounds they play, but basically there are two games that are open at a time. First place finish gets five points, second place gets four, third gets two, fourth gets one point. Team with the most points at the end wins. And don't see I know last time they had a like pick your team. Are they doing that this time around? I don't see anything on 
that. Um, but they do have the uh, Twitch drops back. So if you watch for two hours total, uh, you'll get an Ashes of Outland pack. And if you watch for four hours total, uh, you get another one. So it doesn't have to be in a row. And but I, that's the only thing it looks like they're doing for viewers. I don't see any, like, picking your team or giving them anything extra. And interesting enough, this will be back on Twitch. It'll be on Twitch and YouTube at the same time. For those that don't know that there was a deal uh, moving competitive Hearthstone over to uh, YouTube. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm guessing, obviously, if you want Twitch drops, you have to watch it on Twitch uh, for that. But uh, it's interesting to see. To me, that tells me what this is. This is a... One, it's an invitational, which means that you had to be asked to play. Uh, there was no play, there was no selection outside of whatever Hearthstone uses to make those selections. And then the other thing with that is I don't feel like this is being considered a competitive thing more than a promotional exhibition type thing, which is why it's not being limited to just YouTube and it is going to be available. Yeah, and... There, you know, with the prize pool being there, this is kind of in Hearthstone's history. It's always kind of been, why are they putting so much money into invitationals in the first place, and when they don't even sometimes put that much money into their actual competitive stuff? And yeah, that could be something. But I do want to point out that in terms of you know talking about competitive play, that. I would say, honestly, each team really has at least one player that is really known for being competitive in, like, standard. So that's that's kind of interesting to me. I, I think they're pulling from people who have been in the competitive scene that, you know, viewers might have seen playing in big tournaments, as well as popular streamers themselves, too. So kind of cool. At least for the Americas region, I feel like they haven't really done much in terms of picking the top players. Educated Collins, who for the longest time was probably considered the best player, uh, is now ranked 26th in the Americas region. Um, our own, shout out to our own Hello Nasty, is actually rank 37 so uh hello nasty is someone that hangs out in our bob's tavern discord a lot uh but when i look at the top five players none of them were invited i'm sorry as uh Xiao was oh so show, one, yeah yeah show was invited so one <laughs> out of the top 25 players in america was invited this this isn't a competitive event no. this is a clearly a promotional thing um now we can address serious issue in the room they're out of 16 player i'm sorry not even i do math <laughs> right yes out of the 16 players we have one female player that was invited. Now, 
as someone who streams primarily Battlegrounds, as someone who watches a lot of Battleground streamers, I think that Blizzard has not learned their lesson, and I don't think that they care. I don't want to be mean about it, but I genuinely don't think that they care at this point. I think it's clear, and I think it's obvious. Um, there have been, in the initial picks for Grandmasters, there was a clear slight. Even after the Hearthstone World Champion ended up being a female gamer, there has been no concern towards selecting more and having more female representation in this game. I don't have the as a as a male uh, that plays Hearthstone. I can only say that I'm sad for Blizzard. I'm sad for Hearthstone. I'm upset, but I cannot speak on behalf of the women gamers, the badass women of Hearthstone. Luckily, I happen to have a co-host who, at this point, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let talk. And whatever she says, I'm going to be okay with. Because this, to me, is worse for her than it is for me. So at this point, Don, talk as long or as little as you want to about it. All right. Yeah, this, it's, it's, it's a tough subject. And I'll say, I'll say that from both perspectives. Because I have seen a lot of talk about this on Twitter. And I understand the perspective that people put out there of, you know, hey, they're trying to draw in the viewers and that kind of thing. And if you look at this, like you mentioned, what, one of the 16 is even on the leaderboards for Battlegrounds. But you you consider, look at who they did pick. This is purely based on viewership. And I can guarantee you it's not just Twitch viewers. This is a mix of Twitch and YouTube viewers, which also plays into why they're streaming it on both Twitch and YouTube. They just picked the highest viewership people who put out YouTube content and Twitch content and had them play Battlegrounds in this tournament. Because there are multiple women who play Battlegrounds and honestly stream primarily or almost solely Battlegrounds. And... So yeah, the fact that they just took... I mean, I, I don't know what they're looking at in terms of what they want from viewership, but basically this just screams whoever our top viewers between Twitch and, and YouTube, that's who we're going to pick, and it's nothing else. And they have to have a prize pool to pay these you know, players for their time. As people who are in the community, and I, I've seen this from both the women's side and also competitive standpoint, um, because I feel like we've been over this a lot as well for a lot of the other tournaments that they've done, not just Battlegrounds, but also Constructed. Oh, it's There's a clear distinction between who they're inviting and for what reasons, like you mentioned. And yeah, it's it's sad 
that they're just doing the viewers and they just they have to pay them right because they do have such high viewership so that's why they have to have a prize pool because they have to make it worth these players time to not do their normal content and do this thing instead um but yeah there are a ton of women who who stream like i said primarily or even exclusively battlegrounds that i would love to see in here over just you know some of these other players that it feels like they're just grabbing for viewers and i understand there's there needs to be viewership and there needs to be that appeal for people to go and watch players they know and they want to see um but this also feels really weird because this was kind of announced at the same time as all of the uh the Fellfire Festival stuff and in that they had I believe it was another 16 and uh please help me if I'm wrong on that uh where they had like four people each week over the course of the four weeks of the Fire Festival like um I believe so yeah yeah like uh what are they like promoted content creators basically and educated Collins, i believe was one of them as well um where they had shout outs to uh brookworm and ridiculous hat who were part of that they're they're part of that those are not the typical you know high viewership people but you know what they are doing this day in and day out they are a huge part of the community and for me, not only as a smaller content creator who plays the game every single day, but also as a woman, I saw Ridiculous Hat and Brookworm in there, and, like, I just about lost my mind. Like, this is amazing. Like, somebody actually cared. And it, it feels like it was two different teams that picked the people between the Fellfire promoted content creators and and this. And I think if you look at the roster of players, it's pretty apparent. And it's really difficult to try to break into the scene, especially because Hearthstone can be so saturated with so many people playing. So to try to make a name for yourself, whether you are just a, you know, the typical kind of quote unquote smaller content creator or a woman or a person of color, whatever it is, any type of diversity you're trying to make a name for yourself and then you see this big event with all this prize money and it's just the most popular players you're making the rich richer in essence and you know it's hard to see that and think well why why do i even want to keep putting my time and effort into this like they don't even care they don't they don't care about me and you know it's I, I, it just comes at such a tough time in the world too but again, I think one big thing for me was seeing that like released basically at the same time as the Fellfire Festival stuff and looking at the, the rosters and thinking, wow. Obviously, they cared to add people who don't draw in thousands and thousands of viewers for the promoted content creators, which was amazing. And you know what? All of those people, I feel like they deserve it. And I am super happy for all of those people. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, well, why didn't I get picked and they did over me? No, they deserve it. But yeah, to look and say, oh, well, you know, this is obviously just a 
your viewership thing. And I understand from a like business point that, yeah, you do want the viewership and you want to draw in viewers and that kind of thing, but it's really hard. And like you mentioned, we have, you know, we have a woman who just won the last world championship. Yet you're going to say, well, you know, Celissa's viewers or Nicolina's viewers, they're not enough. And that's what they do all the time. It's, it's just, it's tough. It's very conflicting. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of heart wrenching. One of the things that you just mentioned was something that bugged me more than anything was think of people like Ali Straza, like Slissa, people like Nicolina. They are taking a lot of time and devoting it to Battleground. Um, as much time as a lot of our friends. And, and I mean, that's, that's a, a hard subject to talk about because the podcasting community is small. There's, I probably talk to Ridiculous Hat once a week, um, just as a friend. I've had Ridiculous Hat be on other projects that I've worked on. I am sincerely happy for him. That said, I don't want to take away from the amazing work that many amazing women in Hearthstone are doing. And in terms of gaming culture as a whole, I would say Blizzard is known for being an ally and an advocate for LGBTQ rights, for women's rights in gaming. They, they literally put, they make controversial decisions in their games that help to erase a toxic default narrative in gaming. But when it comes down to who is getting their money, when it comes down to who they're willing to put their dollars into, I feel like Blizzard has the same problem in that usually the end result are all white dudes. Yep. And I do want to add, because I, I feel like I have seen this in, in other things as well. And I, I just want to put this perspective out there because I know maybe not everyone has had to deal with some of this stuff coming at them, or maybe they don't really see it. But you know, I've kind of been talking about this with my husband when talking about um, teams, right? Because, I mean, Jay, you and I were part of Amber Flight Gaming. As a competitive team, even as a stream team, why do I, as a woman, want to watch a any stream or watch and put my support into a, a team or a big event that is literally just all men or yeah even more so like all white men what i mean and i know this might sound unreasonable to some people but at the same time i mean why why do i feel like i want to put my support and my time into that I don't feel represented. I don't feel respected with that. So why do I even want to support that? That's always the challenge. Um, I think that's the challenge that a lot of people who, who 
feel included in the conversation struggle to see. There, even when the words of there's a seat at the table are given, it's really hard to see that when table is whitewashed, when, when the table looks the same. I am so happy that Collins is on the list, especially after he wasn't the first time. Yeah. Collins from day one has been killing it in Battlegrounds. And I love that the community has embraced him. And I am in no way, shape, or form jealous of him at all because he is hands down one of the best Battlegrounds players that I've ever seen. And he has worked extremely hard to get to where he is. But the thing that scares me is what does that mean for every other person of color out there? And and again, we are talking in this case specifically about the America server where, you know, in the U.S. makes up a large portion of the player base. It makes up a large portion of the streamer base um, that I'm aware of. So I, I can't speak on behalf of the conversation in Asia Pacific or in Europe. But from what I can tell, it seems very much the same. There are amazing people of color out there that play. Play a lot. Play more than I do. And I play a lot. I'm about to hit a thousand top fours. Like, I play this game too dang much to not feel like I belong in it. And that's the sad reality is that I feel like my place in Hearthstone will always be one of a fan and someone that is talking about the game from the outside looking in, not from a seat at the table. And again, I can't speak on behalf of any, uh, any of the female gamers that are out there, but if I feel this way, I'm sure that if I were to look at anyone for a little bit of sympathy and a little bit of, we understand what you're going through, that would be the group. I do want to add another thing, you know, kind of makes me think about it when you say that seat at the table, putting one seat or, you know what, honestly, even if it were more even, there's also the factor of how people get treated when they're in that seat as well. If they're put in that seat, but they are still basically treated like garbage, it is it is almost worse. But you have to make sure that people are included and respected and treated the way that everybody else is treated. I, I couldn't say it any better. Everyone, that's the show. We've, you know, hate to hate to bring it down on a bummer. Um, unfortunately, this is this is what we've been dealt this week. We weren't supposed to record <laughs> this week. I just oh, want to yeah. throw that out. Like I'm on vacation, you know, I've I've got stuff going on, and it's like, hey, we're not going to record this week. We have an interview that we need to get out, which is now becoming up outdated because of some of the patch changes. So we're going to have to figure out the best way to, to handle that. Um, yeah. I love the game. I want to see it change. 
I want to see it grow. I trust that the creative minds behind Blizzard will continue to advocate for uh, an inclusive, inviting game. I hope that with enough pressure, the executive team can kind of fall in line with that same line of thought. But yeah, if you if you've enjoyed this show, I don't know how you <laughs> could have. But if you agree with us in some way, shape, or form, um, let us know. You can tweet at us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Bob's Tavern HS. You can always email us um, at podcast at Bob's Tavern pub. And if you like the type of content that we're putting out at a, on a weekly basis here. You can always support the podcast at patreon.bobstavern.pub. Not only get to support us, but we also help out by giving you a little bit extra uh, content each week. I don't even know what we're going to talk about this week. It won't be a long one, but it'll be something. That said, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so on Twitch. I am at KJYMiller, where I normally stream. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Don, what about you? And you can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-A, uh, and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DK. And I do just want to add one more thing to say. We didn't pour a, sh- pour a drink at the beginning of the show, but after after this conversation, I feel like a lot of people might need one now, so... If you got one close, go get it. You can even take it with you. We'll do margaritas to go tonight. But at this point, the tavern's closed. Uh, Keep your drinks. Still, get out.